What a time. What a time. We're recording on the day when Dookie Dash is closing. It's coming to an end. Uh, all my scores are, are deleted, not for cheating reasons, but I revoked the wallet uh, accidentally on Delegate Cash. So I had to put in some time last night, you know, swerving through the bowels. Had to throw some extra ape coins. Shout out all my bag holders. You're welcome for my stupid mistake. Uh, end of day, man. What a great, what a great event that they put on. But we went through a couple metas, a couple metas in three weeks. Just like the TL was all total scores. The TL was all about scores and gamers. And then it switched to art and Jack Butcher, Jack Buchecki, you know, making sure people not waking up bagless. Where's your head at right now? Yeah, my head is in that original track, the Garden Jack track by artist good month eth man i want to talk about uh, that because honestly i vibe with that song and i want to think you know get into your head a little bit about what inspired you to make that and you know this whole process of like thinking about the checks getting into it to the point of writing music about it and then aping in you know and not to mention on that last episode we talked about you picking up check number 32 at the time, the floor was one ETH. You came in and sniped that at 4.6 ETH. Now the double-digit floor is like close to 10 ETH, and it's only been about a week. So where are you yeah. at on the checks, my guy, and the track? Man, man, we're going there. I didn't know. Yeah, so, I mean, the 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 song, I mean, it happens, right? I've, I've, uh, I've put out four songs. Uh, all of them have been at good timing except for one. I think I put out... Uh, at Pepe's at the top, so that was the that was the top caller anthem. <laughs> um, but other than that, man, it's just sometimes you go through these these waves of inspiration when you're looking at a collection and you're hearing people talk about it. And I think one of the things that you know I'm just I'm blessed with is that I'm a student of sentiment, and so I could read the internet. I'm not I'm not someone who puts out viral content. I'm not someone who can command a room on Twitter spaces and things like that, but I can read the room of the internet when it comes to Twitter and when it comes to pulses pretty well. And I, I could tell that emotions were getting evoked. And then, you know, when I feel those things, they land with me, they inspire me a bit to put it into my form of expression. And it's always been writing raps, writing poems, things like that. I'll just walk around the house and, I was just like, man, you know, uh, that's a bad bet. Waking up checklist. Like I just kept playing with like bad bet being checklist and the, the, the flow, the alliteration, things like that were just like, couldn't, I couldn't get it out of my head. And it actually creates a little bit of a mimetic effect because you're running around the house singing about this stuff so much. You can't stop thinking about it. Um, it's the same way of looking at apes when you're shopping apes and seeing the pictures you do it so much you close your eyes and all you can see is apes that's where i was in april of 21 just looking at apes whenever i shut my eyes um and that's how that's how it works with these lyrics you just start to convince yourself you start to distill the conviction um i don't know this might be a little too personal but personally it's me on the peloton like it's 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 deep in the 20 minute of that peloton on a deep uphill climb that's when I look at my, you know, my Peloton's over here. That's when I look at my neon light over here. And I just tell myself, like, make it happen, manifest it. Like, if 
buy that bag, ape and go hard. And so that's how it happens. Sometimes you got to let the subconscious do its thing. And you have an interesting perspective because, you know, you, you're talking to builders in Web3. You also speak to a lot of collectors in Web3 and also kind of gather general consensus. So when you're having those moments on the Peloton or wherever, you got to kind of let your subconscious do the talking sometimes, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of things you're picking up that you you may not realize. So, you know, with that, we got the Dookie Dash coming to a close here today as well. And that's going to be interesting to see how these uh, uh, sewer passes trade in a secondary and uh, another topic that we talked about earlier on here in the series of episodes is Polygon. You know, we talked about it when the when the announcement that Utes was going to be bridging to Polygon came out. At the time, Polygon was trading under a dollar. And that was just, uh, you know, that was a handful of weeks ago. And here we are. It's ever since then, it's been up, man. It's at a dollar 30 in that range. And... You know, in, in general, I feel like the sentiment around Polygon is also shifting. You know, they've done a fantastic job of onboarding various brands like Starbucks, Nike, Reddit. And I, I think this is an area that we need to dig deeper on and, and keep peeling the layers back and learn more about Polygon and what the team's up to. So we're going to have a special guest on the episode today. The president of Polygon Labs, Ryan Wyatt, he is somebody that definitely can give us a little bit more alpha on what's going on with Polygon and some of the work that they've done and the brands that they've onboarded. And we are seeing that Polygon's daily active wallets is really surging past a lot of the other tokens in the space. And we have to attribute some of that to the brands that they've onboarded and all and the, and the gaming and, and all of this so before we bring ryan on good what are your thoughts here about kind of like w what we would like to hear from ryan today or what what specifically you have questions about yeah i mean when you look at the chains to date bitcoin ethereum their l1s Polygon's an L2, and Polygon's really focused on biz dev. And it seems to be the thing with L2s, focused on biz dev. L1s are typically focused on building the technology and making sure everything sounds scalable, and it's a network effect. Um, but Polygon has really been leading the way with business development and customer acquisition and brand acquisition. So a little bit of a different, different ballgame. Um, you know, you don't expect Vitalik and the Ethereum organization to go out there and sell the technology to brands. That's really seems to be what Polygon is leading the way with. I think I'm really excited to get into that specifically um, with the way, you know, their biz dev team thinks about onboarding youths. Also, along the lines of like the technology hive mind that they have over there and integrations with ETH, like. In a multi-chain world, what's their role and how do they see themselves? I think that's what I'm most excited to get into. So without further ado, let's bring Ryan Wyatt from Polygon. Ryan, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you joined Polygon? Oh, I was just a Web2 normie, an unin uninitiated Web2 normie. Uh, Yes, yeah, so I've been at Polygon a year now. 
before Polygon, I started the gaming vertical at YouTube and led that for eight, almost eight years. Um, you know, gaming is a multi-billion dollar business for YouTube. I was in the creator economy basically my whole career before that, Machinima, Major League Gaming. I actually don't have this story of reading, you know, like a Bitcoin, the Bitcoin white paper and, you know, it changing my mind where I actually really started to get interested in the space on a personal level was 21, just with honestly NFTs, right? I just really started to get excited because I'm a hardcore gamer and I, I, I game a lot, even still to this day. And I see how much like I spend in some of these economies and then I don't own any of this stuff. And my, my whole thesis was just as people are spending more thing on digital items, they're going to want more ownership rights and autonomy over them. That's when I like people are like NFTs. Have you heard of them? Like, what is, what is that? You know, uh, like, what are you talking about? And that's where I really got into everything and like, oh, what is everything? You know, when it's on chain, when you have this level of uh, transparency and uh, what, what can you do? And that's where I went down the rabbit hole. Then what happened is you start to appreciate all of the elements of the space, right? It's like, how do you get in? And, and it really started in this very specific min, uh, mindset of digital ownership rights. You had most of the people that had gotten into the space for a variety of different reasons, whether it's kind of their like belief in decentralized finance or what can it do for, you know, equitable access into finance. There's just like there's a lot of great other entry points. And I feel like there was this class of people that came into Web3 because of digital ownership. And I'm in that bucket. Yeah, totally. It's funny. You and I kind of have come at it from different angles because I actually came from the security privacy side. So... Right. I came from the privacy security side, really geeked out on that, and I wasn't a gamer, but at 21 hit, NFTs slapped that image on a token, and I started yeah. seeing Zed Run, and I started seeing the gaming capabilities, and it brought me over to the gaming side. So it feels like you and I just crossed paths. At, you know, We like met in the middle on two different sides of the chasm, which is, which is fascinating. I know that stuff happens too, because like even joining Polygon, you know, our chief legal, legal officers from, you know, spent a ton of time at DYDX, right? And then you, we have our uh, chief policy officers started from Ave, and then you've got people like our COOs at EA for 20 years. Didn't touch anything in blockchain, right? So you start to see, it's really fun to see how all these people kind of come into it in a different way. And that's their anchor. But then you have this broad appreciation of all of the things that it opens up. So I, I've yeah. loved meeting people for that reason alone, you know? Yeah, the diversity and backgrounds in the space, it's burgeoning. It's, yes. it's wild. Like, so I got to ask, since joining Web3 personally, like what's changed most with you? Oh, I'd say a, a decent amount, right? Just because I think the one thing when, you, when, you're, um, when you're leading a contributor group that's, you know, basically, you know, contributing to this decentralized protocol and Polygon, the way that you have to think about Everything, literally everything, is so fundamentally different from Web two. You know, in Web two, you think wall gardens, right? And so, Web if Web two was running, you know, like Polygon, it would be like, oh, we have the protocol, so we should own the marketplace, we should own the wallet, we should own how people build games on it, we should own the like, you know, it's a very like we 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 should own 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 own, right? And it's like really bad. And that's fine, whatever. I worked at Google. That's how it is. That's just how tech had worked for a long time. When you're going into, in, into this group and in Web3, you're like, how do we give away everything? Like all the value, how do we get people building on the platform? How do you get like, you know, supporting the marketplaces and the wallets so they, they can build businesses on top of the protocol? Just like you, you have to reorient your mind in a very different way. Um, and so for me, I think it's really different now some of the A, Bs, and Cs of running the team and scaling an organization and trying to be really efficient, but fast and outcome-oriented, but still a process. 
there's a lot to learn from, you know, my previous days to implement there, but it's finding the right balance. So, you know, as I reflect on kind of year one, there's a lot that I'm, I'm proud of, um, but there's certainly things that were great learning experiences for me. And I think a lot of it is how do you find the, the, the balance between all of these things in the right way? Yeah. And you hit on a great point, like differentiation between web two and web three. We hear web two versus web three all the time, but what we don't hear is from the internals of a company. Yeah. Web two is build versus buy. Web three is build and connect. Like it's a, it's a different, different kind of mantra there. Yeah, I think for me, so much is the wall. It's like this, the wall garden aspect. It's just, you know, a lot of web two is how do we get as many users into this thing? And then how do we monetize this thing for everything that we possibly can, right? Um, you know, and so obviously Google famously doing it with search and ads, you know, or YouTube doing it with just the creator ecosystem and the ads that run through it. And so when you're when you're building this protocol and you're like, how do we build, you know, how do we launch something and then help, you know, uh, bootstrap and jumpstart an ecosystem so that everybody else can find success on it. It's like, I would say, you're just like, we're going to, we, what do we do? And how do you operate, a, you know, as a team when your whole goal to is to no longer exist, right? In some form in five, 10 years as a contributor group, right? Contributor groups, they go down right over time, you know, because that's the whole point. The protocol is autonomous. It runs with all of these people that are contributing into it in a variety of ways, whether they're staking and they're verifying transactions or they're doing NFT projects on it, or they're running like, you know, uh, tokenizations for institutions, you know, like there's like a bunch of different things that are happening in the space. And you're just like, how do we prop it up so these people can run forever? And success is in my mind is like when, you know, this contributor group is no longer needed. And each year, that will get closer and closer. Now, we don't know. Like, we don't know. Is it 5, 10, 15 years? I have no idea. This space, you asked me pre-FTX, I had a whole different answer than now, right? So I don't know. My conviction is the same. My belief is the same. I struggle to articulate the exact time frame when all these things like are firing on all cylinders and clicking. But I, it, you just fundamentally, to your original question, you just think of everything has to be thought of differently. Hence why there is the memes and comparisons to the matrix and stuff. You know, like you're taking this pill, whatever you know is basically all wrong and we're going to start from scratch. And there is some, you know, comedic truth to all of that. Yeah. So you're in the matrix. We might be in the matrix. Not everybody's in the matrix. And it's yeah. no secret that your business development team has been on fire. Just bring in some of the biggest brands into the space and onto the chain. And so there's got to be a big learning curve there for some of these brands. Can you speak a little bit to that learning curve and some of the pains of, of maybe bringing a traditional Web2 big brand into Web3? Yeah. So a couple things on kind of that whole strategy and thought process. Uh, you know, a year ago when I first started, I kind of looked at the space and it was PFP NFTs were obviously crushing it, right? This is you know, truly it was ripping across the board. And that was pretty much only Ethan Solana that were capturing that. We didn't have, like, we didn't have any of the on-ramps, right? So OpenSea around that time was just supporting Polygon and that was like pretty much it for you know, major marketplaces. And then, you know, Polygon was so cheap that worked for it well for gaming, but like minting projects, like, well, you know, it's like, it's so cheap. We get all kind of messed up, right? Good and bad or whatever. So we swam upstream and we're like, you know what? If Web3 is just PFP projects, then this stuff is like, it's a wrap. You know, it just has to be bigger than this for it to take off, right? I think everybody agrees with that, even with PFP being kind of the heart of all that. It's like, it's got to be bigger than this. Um, so we swam upstream and focused on enterprise Fortune 500. That was obviously a space I personally have known really, really well and was like, 
here's what we're going to do. We, we had all these great Web3 native folks already working at Polygon that had done all this great work, you know, in the space and so forth. And I wanted to bring on more people from Web2 that were Web3 curious, didn't really know Web3, but were interested in making the jump over the space, put these people together. And over time, like they can learn from each other. You know, they, they have like very complementary strengths and weaknesses. You know, it's like you've got Web2 folks with 20 years of experience. They don't really understand Web3 ethos yet. Then you have this generation that is like literally going to live and breathe it and spawn the next generation of, you know, I call it more of a feature set of the internet, but whatever you want to call it, right? And so getting those two groups in a room is there's a lot of friction there as well, too. You know, I don't want to be like naive, but it, long term, the investment worked out because when these brands come in, they're, you know, sometimes they've already made the decision they want to be associated with you. They're just like, there's users there, there are developers there. Other times they're probably maybe talking to an alt L1 or they're looking at the whole space. So they don't have this kind of like base layer thesis. But what was unique about us is just we had that team where we could take them at the point of entry help them under, they, they could relate to us because of our background. They felt safe because you had all these Web3 authentic folks. The combination of you come in the funnel from this, we're going to help you with technical implementation. We're going to help you go to market. We're going to help you be authentic and then help you launch your project on Polygon, the protocol, right? And so I think that was a very unique team that we had structured. I don't think it's going to be unique long-term. Like if I think 24 months from now, 18 months from now, there will be other folks. The teams will start to build and build how Polygon built, where it's this combination of folks in that layer. I, I think there will be a little more of that. And so I think long term, ultimately, a lot of decisions on where people build is going to be tech related. I think we haven't dealt with that much up to this space. You know, it's like Polygon's POS chain definitely gets the job done today. It's not going to be our scaling solution in the future. A lot of these TPS claims, okay, right? Like until we get volume, you know, and people start building and transactions happening and all of this stuff. Every, everybody can say whatever they want, Polygon included. Um, but that was why I think like moving forward, we have this period of time where great BD will do a, will drive a lot of impact, but you're going to see a rotation into tech. It might be six to 12 months from now. That's why we're excited about our ZKVM launch. That's kind of our scaling solution. Others will have other kind of things coming out as you see, but yeah, long winded. That's kind of yeah. how we're setting up. And then, yeah, it did well. And then there's a network effect, you know, Solana benefits from the network effect of PFP projects. ETH does as well, right? So we've tried to like kick off network effects. And so doing it in DeFi, doing it in enterprise, right? Uh, we're doing it even with Utes, with PFP, right? You've got to have some kind of thing that you invested that like starts the fire and then allows it to really like build. And so Starbucks was that, loyalty and rewards. Then you have partnerships like Nike that just are like, well, all the big brands are there, so I'm building on Polygon. Then with PFP, it's like, if we do this thing with Frank and Kevin, great with the creator community. They know how PFP projects can be successful. People are like, oh, to bridge it to, it's like, we're not just migrating youths over to Polygon. It's like launch pad, have some creator support for all these projects that are building on Polygon, you know, create this North Star for others to build on. So there's like very, a very explicit strategy we're running across all of these categories too. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I think, you know, something that we do at Good Month Labs, we have a, uh, an app that we've incubated called Cake App, and we're just hell bent on wrapping workflows for the enterprise for deploying NFTs and making sure that they can like put a non-technical resource on an application and manage it because there's so many learning curves to crunch. So I'm really curious from your perspective, you know, when you look at that, that friction between Web 2 and Web 3, you know, you've mentioned that, like, we've mentioned your BD team's killing it. You've mentioned that it was huge for your launch strategy and, and having that beachhead. 
And then you've also mentioned that like technology is going to scale for you there. Where do you think workflows fits in here? Like what are some missing workflows for these brands to be able to drop in and take advantage of that scaling technology that you're really investing in for them right now? I think there's like a variety of stuff there, right? Everybody's got a different way they're going to want to enter the space, right? Some are going to want to just do, you know, like an NFT drop, like course gym, right? Then others are going to do Starbucks where it's like, we're going to do web 2.5. Like we've got a plan with stamps, which is their NFT. And it's okay to be web 2.5. It's not like LARPing or anything. It's like they're, we're going to do this thoughtful, methodically. No one's going to rush us. We're not going to get bullied into being like entirely on chain. We're going to be very thoughtful. Then you have people that are on like the creative and digital side that are figuring out their long-term three, four-year digital strategy and they're starting to enter in to the space. So for me, I'm like, it's it's very broad, right? And that's why I think it's important to have a team that is very customizable across all of these groups. Like the way that you're talking to an institution about tokenization versus TradFi versus DeFi versus gaming versus PFP is all, versus big fortune 500 is all very different. There's consistent themes across it and it's very, but it's very nuanced, right? And so I think for us, it's having vertical experts across the board on that that can actually help with some of that because it just changes from time to time. But long story short, I think it's, you know, really think through meaningful digital strategies of why you need to put stuff on chain too, right? Yeah. Um, not just do it to do it. And then what amount of it needs to be on chain? Everybody has different vari- variations of Web3 or decentralization purity, I guess you would say. I'm kind of like, not everything needs to be on chain. I like the idea of a subsection of it. You know, for games, for example, marketplaces and economies can be on chain. The other stuff doesn't need to be. But then you've got games like Pirate Nation, which are cool, where it's like literally every single thing you transact and do on chain um, basically uh, is, is, is on Polygon. Like, even if you, cr- like you do a quest, you craft an item, it's on chain, right? You know, so. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's a fun yeah. thing for us. We're in that exploration phase, right? Let's go, let's go figure yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just putting you on the spot here, like if you're talking to the full community of developers right now on Polygon, what are some top two use cases you'd like to point them to develop right now? Like on top of Polygon, you have these two use cases that you'd like to see them knock out the park. What would they be? Yeah, I mean, loyalty rewar- loyalty and rewards is a category. I think could be really interesting because that, that stuff on chain becomes like you could do a lot with it, right? You know, as a member, you see that I buy almond lattes at Starbucks and then I get discounts at Whole Foods on almond milk and that, 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 that. Like I can carry kind of this identity around things that I do and whatever I'm comfortable obviously being, you know, open and transparent. Then even like with ZK and stuff that you can go a lot of different directions. So that gaming, man, gaming's a no-brainer, I think. Um, obviously DeFi, no-brainer, if that has been very much illustrated this past year. So there's a bunch now. For me, I'm like kind of over the like, oh, what's the Web3? I'm like, there's plenty. Just like look up and yeah, they got to materialize. We don't have the Amazon built on a protocol yet, you know, but yeah, give it time. All right. So a lot of people, including myself, are excited about Utes. This was a big announcement that broke on Christmas Day about Utes migrating to Polygon. And I guess the first question, Ryan, is are you muted? Oh yeah. I dude, I've I've I rocked mine out day of after we kind of wrapped that all up. Look, and I was like, so I I I use soul to transact and everything, man. So I am, yeah. I've got it in a polygon hoodie now though. So yeah. Let's it's go. my telegram, it's my telegram profile picture. Still rocking web two, Ryan, in my Twitter. Yeah, so he's muted. I love to see it. So, so as a community member, and also in the position you are here with Polygon, you know, if 
if you could, you know, drop one thing on on Frank's roadmap here with Utes, you know, what what's the hat that you would throw in the ring here for Utes on on, on Polygon, Ryan? Yeah, first of all, Frank's the man, right? I love working with Frank. Um, you know, that that partnership is awesome, right? And honestly, because I think Frank is such a He's, he's going to be so important to the creator economy in PFP projects. Like, so it already is, but as this thing gets bigger, he's going to be. And, and to me, why he really like struck a chord with me on a personal level was all my days at YouTube, seeing the people that are, you know, I worked very closely with people like Mr. Beast, right? Saw Mr. Beast's whole career grow, right? Over the seven, eight years that I was there. And he gives me Mr. Beast vibes in PFP, right? Like gets the big picture, kind of very uniquely sees where it's going, doesn't have to like justify it and articulate it to everybody, kind of gets all of it. And so there's just like in my conversation, I'm just a lot that clicks on that front. And so for me, my thing with him would be twofold. It's like, how do you leverage brands? Because we work with the biggest companies in the world. And I think Polygon very uniquely does. So what can you do with that? You know, whether it's Doritos or Nike or Instagram. I mean, the list goes on of where there's things that they could potentially do stuff with. I also think these brands getting to spend time with Frank will be really good for their Web3 teams. So how does like Ron Ferris, who runs like the digital team for Nike, spend some time with Frank? Like that's good for everybody. So I think get, you know him spending time is going to be great. I also think him just helping Polygon projects succeed as like a mentor and advisor to the space, to the community will be Great, and all ships rise. So that thing with Utes, I do that thing 10 out of 10 times. No brainer in my mind. In, like no brainer at all. When you think about the strategy of if you're going to invest in any project, because you can't invest in all of them, invest in the ones where you're jumpstarting a vertical and initiative. That is like your beacon for that initiative. So now people are like, I don't know what Polygon PAP things are going to, what, what it's going to do long-term, but fuck, they got Utes and Frank. So, you know, like, got to take them serious on what they do produce, right? That's the goal. That's why you do Starbucks on loyalty and rewards. They're literally the best company I've ever done rewards. It's why you do something with Frank and Utes. It's my long, that's my long winded answer. I mean, Ryan, we've put Frank in the no fade zone uh, prior to the, the Polygon announcement. So Frank is in the no fade zone of the never fade pod. You just put him God mode. So we'll take yeah. that clip. Uh, yeah. and, and we love it. We love to see the dub. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's easy to do. I'm a, I'm a big believer in him and I'm excited to get to spend more time with him as well too. Trying to link up with him in Los Angeles here very soon. So yeah, I'm excited. And honestly, I'm just excited for the community. This is good. This is good for everybody. There is a multi-chain world too. I think, you know, you're going to see like Solanda and Arbitrum and Polygon and all these different chains will have their place in Web3. And that's good. That's good, right? Like we didn't all join this space for it to be you know, one chain that we're all anchored around at the end of the day, right? So I'm excited for for Web three, man. Like I, I'm this. I, it's a, you know, we've gone through a lot in 2021, but I think the future's bright, man. I, I'm super bullish on Web three. People are like, you know, my family members are like, oh, are you still enjoying working in crypto after a year? And I'm like, I fucking love it. Like, what are you talking about, right? Like, I'm like, you just you're getting like the you're getting you know you don't have any nuance. You're getting you know Sam in handcuffs, you know, on 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 the news and stuff, but that's not our reality. Like there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. Yeah, I love that, man. We're bullish on Frank. We're bullish on you, Ryan. We're bullish on Web3 alongside with you. So maybe one last question I can throw at you here before we let you go. 
And uh, you touched on uh, multi-chain and, you know, we are kind of in a multi-chain world here. And one thing I noticed recently is the Phantom Wallet is beta testing, it's Polygon and ETH integrations. Um, do you think, you know, integrations like that will kind of improve the bridge experience uh, for users moving on to Polygon? Yeah. So a couple of things. One, Phantom's just super clean, like a product. Phantom's going to, like, that team is good. Brandon's good. Phantom is good. Got high hopes from that from that team. And I actually think they can do a bunch on user journey. So clearly, I don't think it goes, it, you know, it goes without saying user journeys in Web3, there's a lot to be desired on improving. But you have a bunch of people doing a bunch of different things to do that. So it's going to happen on an accelerated timeline. Just because the capital and talent that's in the space, like, this is going to get much better. You know, this idea of, you know, you're in MetaMask and you're switching networks and you're like, don't know where to send things, yada, yada, right? And you're like losing money, sending to addresses, different networks, all this stuff. Like that, that's got to be abstracted away. And most likely the best place, and I'm not saying the only, but most likely the, the best place is probably to abstract it away at the wallet level. Because I think you could do a lot. Like you could do, you could easily be bridging in the back and all this stuff could happen very seamlessly in a wallet. And there's no doubt Brandon's got like a ton of work in that Phantom team to, to do that, but they're good. They can, they're capable. So having more wallet support is again, good for community, good cre creators, good for users, so forth. It's a big 22 kind of mission that we did. It's why we partnered with Magic Eden. It's a little bit of marketplace support, launchpad support, PFP project support, like at that space going games as well, launched with a bunch of there. So in general, yeah, I mean, we've got to, we as a space have to nail the user journey. And I think we're kind of all, we all have a piece of the puzzle to play and in interoperability and how these things all work. And it'll take some time, you know, protocols, protocols have a level of responsibility, wallets do. There's a couple different like entry points, um, but I, I think that's going to get better. I, I don't worry. I, I recognize it as the most important issue of the space, but I don't stress about it because I feel like it'll be, it'll, it's actually... I don't want to simplify and say it's easily solved, but it's very solvable with the capital and talent that's in Web3 that I don't worry about it being solved, if that makes sense. Yeah, like bridging isn't like, who's going to do, you know, you're going to, you know, you're sending it through on a polygon and you're transacting there. All that stuff gets seamless over time. Yeah, I'm excited. I haven't had a chance to use the Phantom uh, integration yet, uh, but I, I have the same uh, experience with Phantom. I felt like that was one of the things that kind of attracted me to using Solana. And so I'm yeah. thinking, okay, and then, then we see Polygon popping up on Magic Eden. We get the support there. We get the integration at the wallet level. Starting to see the pieces fall into place the here. We're laying yeah. out, man. This, We're the tracks seeing... of the train are getting built. Yeah. And so I also just a uh, big picture. I'm, I'm watching you and I'm watching your team sh really like shift the sentiment and the user journey. And I'm excited for what 2023 has to offer in a multi-chain world, including Polygon for sure. So with that, thank you so much, Ryan, for your time and your thoughts. Really appreciate it having you here on the Never Fade podcast. Good. Any last words for Ryan here? Thank you, man. Keep killing it. We look forward to seeing uh, the L2 uh, rise to the tide. See the, see the occasion and run with it, man. ZKVM next month. Just remember, boys, thanks for having me on. It was awesome. It was good spending time with you guys. Absolutely, Ryan. We'll talk, we'll chat soon. Thanks, Ryan. Rap facts. What you think? What's your takes? He's got great takes, man. This, you know, I, I can see why he's been so successful. He's just like, bam, bam, bam. Ryan's got the answers. He's got the vision. 
I love to see it. What did you think about what he said about Frank? Look, this guy doesn't know influencers. He knows Mr. Beast. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't know people who are popular and cultural and catch hot streaks and fade out. He knows people with sticking power. Like, I'm not going to say that Ryan Wyatt knows influencers. I'm going to say Ryan Wyatt knows how to work with the best. God mode. He put Frank in God mode. Yeah. I I think he... I, I think he called Frank uh, Young Mr. Beast is what happened. Got to tune in this show to figure it out. But I think there's high hopes. The thing is, he called out his vibes. You love to see it. Someone who comes from YouTube or the Web 2 world, and they pop in Web 3, and they, and they actually lean on a business decision because of vibes. You guys, you can't fade that. It's authenticity in Web 3. You have it or you're going to get faded. And the fact that he calls out the authenticity and vibes of Frank, it it means that it's a part of these business decisions that these Web3 L2s are making, these biz dev teams are making, they're placing their bets accordingly, and they're seeing exactly how the dominoes are going to fall. So for everyone on the TL who's like, vibes this, vibes that, early big vibes, guess what? It's authenticity or get faded. Yeah, man, I feel that. I like that episode. Hey ZB, take us out with that Garden Jack track. That's a bad bet. That's a bad bet. If the bag's check less, about to burn back to back. Flipping that cheap when that Jenny Duh hits. That's the race to one, 250 in the world, and you chose to sleep. That's a bad bet. If you wake up check less, no more people without bags, but they need status. Running head first with the Never heard of a hearse, but they connect in the dots.